Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 336. My name is Brando, introducing a Brandon. I, I, I don't Hello. Have, uh, Am I hearing voices in my head? Is that the, is that another Brandon? Is that me? Yes. No, it's not. There are. Uh, this is Brandon talking to Brandon. I haven't met that many Brandons in my life, and I've I preferred that honestly. I this is a, you know, this is a big deal. I think for me to be talking to another Brandon <laughs> this intimately, this is a psychological problem that I have. You know. Well, you know what I like. You know what I like about our name What's is that. that if somebody asks what your name is, you say Brandon. It's a common name. Nobody's like, well, that's a weird name. But it's not common enough where everybody has it. It's not like, a, no disrespect to these names. It's not a Paul or a Michael or a Thomas or even a Brian. You know, it, it, it's sort of like a second tier name in terms of popularity. It's common, but it's not that common. And that's what I like. That's kind of how I model a lot of the things that I do after <laughs> like maybe this podcast <laughs> common but not that common and just short bullshit story because obviously Brandon's here not, we're not just here to talk about our names but to talk about Metallica <laughs> and, and Guns N' Roses at the time Brandon was a rare name uh, how old are you I didn't ask that beforehand if you don't mind I asking. am 37 oh so I think we knew that I'm 38 so I'm actually just yeah. I'm older than you oh Jesus <laughs> Now, I'm re- now I'm re- I just I I just turned thirty seven like a month ago, and I came to this realization like I'm you know so many years removed from the four O, and then I, I just pushed all that panic down deep down inside and carried on with my life. So I've been, I've been, it, it, yeah. I'm I'm feeling young right now. I'm feeling young right now. So thank you for being one year older. Yeah, and I think I come here to this podcast to feel young and talk about times perhaps I wasn't even born in to make me feel like negative, negative yes. age. But um, obviously, just real, real quick, I was so close to being named uh, Brayden that, oh, yeah. that I think my grandma wanted to change it to that. But my name was already put in as Brandon, and I was named after all my brothers were. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast, but I mentioned it in my real life because it's embarrassing, but I don't care. We're all named after soap opera stars. So Bra- okay. Brandon Kingsley, I was one of Susan Lucci's boyfriends. Mm. I have a, a Tristan, a Logan, a Cameron. We're all named after a soap opera. Oh, wow. So yeah. anyway, I'm getting the excitement of this Brandon crossover. Well, doing. Out of the my, uh, my, my last name begins with the letter O. So my grandmother told my mother, you cannot name him Brandon because his initials will be B-O. And like the kids will tease him at school. Oh, that, good thinking. I mean, the kids tease me, but not because of my initials B.O. Okay, but that's so. that's smart thinking. I, I, I respect that. <laughs> she, she had my back. She had my back. It, it did not work out. I Hence, my initials are B.O., but, you know. <laughs> sure. It was, it was good thinking, but, though. It, it was, yeah, it was a nice thought. So, in addition to, because I didn't even, it was just a happy accident when, uh, I think, I don't know who started following who first, but, you know, in the world of social media and Twitter and this podcast, you just come across really cool people, and I, which I've met a lot of cool people throughout these 336 episodes, and I see Metallicast come up, you know, uh, yeah. so Brandon Metallicast from uh, uh, a Metallica podcast, and I thought it would be interesting to do a podcast about, you know, people who regularly listen, perhaps you'll have listeners come over and listen to me, that know about some of the issues I've come across some of the highs and lows of doing not just a podcast, but a Guns N' Roses centric themed, you know, bar mitzvah party of a broadcast, as I call it. Look, <laughs> looking at life through Guns N' Roses colored glasses, whatever stupid phrase I come up with. Six degrees of GNR bacon. So can you like, right. can you tell me how, when did you start this podcast? How did it start? And, you know, just tell me, tell us about it. Yeah. So I had, you know, 
an interest in doing a podcast and I have, uh, you know, done a couple things for my cousin with my cousin who's into creating as many podcasts as possible, basically is his MO. And, uh, it, it, he's the king of starting podcasts and then starting another podcast and then starting. Another, he's one of those. And he dragged me into this mess, uh, of the podcasting world. And I, and I said, you know, Metallica is my all-time favorite band. I bet there's no Metallica podcast out there. This was about maybe five years ago. Yeah. And uh, I was wrong. There were Metallica podcasts out there <laughs> I just was not familiar with. But, um, you know, it, I started, it, uh, the name hit me, Metallicast. I created a Twitter at Metallica Spot, you can give me a follow on there, cheap plug. Uh, and, I, and then I realized, oh, there's other Metallica podcasts. Not until I created the Twitter. And I was like, oh, I wonder, like, you know, are they going to be cool with me doing a Metallica podcast? Super cool guys. You know, it, it's, it, and it worked out. But I, I, I went into it thinking, like, this is going to be a one-off thing, probably. Like, I'm not sure I'm really going to stick with this. And, you know, I'll, I'll start, I'll, I'll record an episode probably nobody will hear it and then i'll move on with my life i recorded an episode i had fun not sure anybody heard it when it initially was released but that led to a second episode and then i got about like six months in and you know the i saw the numbers starting come in and the twitter followers start to go up a little bit i was like oh there's a few people out there who listen and seem to care and like it and then you know it just kind of spiraled and now uh december was four years of doing the podcast uh, I've done I, I was just saying before we started recording that you know I've done like 80 something numbered episodes but really it's been like over 100 episodes I've talked to I, I, I've met so like you were saying I've met so many cool people uh, you other podcast hosts uh, Metallica fans um, I've had the privilege of talking to you know people who were in the band's inner circle who worked with the band musicians who have been influenced by the band or have toured with the band or are friends with the band and basically everybody around the band. So everybody except for the band members themselves. And I know um, how that is. I know. And, it, and in addition, you know, doing uh, deep dives into specific topics, like whether it's a specific concert or an album or a single song or whatever the case may be. Um, so, the goal being cover all things Metallica and it really just was an outlet for me to nerd out. And, you know, my, I always joke on Metallica that my wife got tired of me turning every conversation into Metallica. <laughs> so in order to save my marriage, I created Metallica. And now I know I have like a, uh, a weekly outlet to, uh, talk to other fellow nerds about Metallica and music and all that nerdy stuff that I love. So it, that's sort of how it started, where it's been, what it's all about. And uh, there are a lot of Metallica podcasts out there and uh, they're all good in their own right. Um, but, you know, hopefully people can come to Metallica and, uh, and enjoy it. Just like whether you enjoy the other ones or not, hopefully, you know, you can get something out of it if you're a fan of the band. It comes down to just being a fan of the band, and I think people that that being conveyed to the audience, and they know they're talking to their fellow fan, you know, right? So, yeah. And that's what I I get a lot. I'm I'm lucky that I happen to work in radio. I'm just a fan, you know. I I have so many Axel Guns N' Roses references and stories in my life before you know I got into radio or in general, let alone this podcast. So. I'm just yeah. one of those nerds that needed an outlet. But I've told the story where my, my former co-host, still current friend, Ian Scotto, he uh, he proposed the idea to me, and I just thought, what a stupid idea. You know, what, like, they're my favorite band, but how long can I talk about them? You know, yeah, November yeah. Rain's my favorite song, great. You know, let's talk about the <laughs> illusions. Like, how long could that go on? But they were, yeah. obviously, it's been going on, um, I, th I think, like six years for me or something, but it's... I, yeah, I, I don't that's even, great. 
It's it's crazy. It's been a, a crazy ride. Just to think, radio in general, it's twenty. It's just uh, we, we were. I think we were talking off. Uh, Do we just say that on or off the air? Because sometimes I lose track of. Because everything has been so conversational. Same, same yeah. Of um, forty around the corner, and I just keep thinking about, you know, I right, I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to be that, but quite yet. <laughs> but we're 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 the, we're the same age. So anyway, but I, I, I digress. So I mean, I'm I'm getting stuff off, <laughs> you know, my my nerdum yeah. chest, my Guns N' Roses chest, and but there were certain topics I wanted to talk about, and especially at that time was the reunion and talking about that and what we're going to see, what we can expect. What has it been for the Metallica fan base? That like, What's the most important or maybe the hottest topic? Let's just say that. What's been the hottest topic? We know maybe some of, some of the obvious things that we can, you know, maybe you can yeah. say that we come across a lot, but what's like been the, you know, obviously well, new, like Guns N' Roses, new music. What is it with with Metallica? I mean, I think it goes in waves you know because they're it's sort of like they're sort of in the perfect part of their career right now to have a podcast about them because you can look back they have 40 years as a band and obviously a long line of classic albums and the fans myself included love talking about those classic albums right like they you would think we'd be sick of master puppets or the black album yet us nerds, we're nerds for a reason. We want to talk more about those albums. We want to dig deeper into those albums. But on the flip side, they're a band that's still touring, still releasing new music, still relevant in terms of, you know, playing stadiums. And so it's exciting because you can do a 40-year retrospective on this band, but also still talk about current events that are very relevant to the diehards especially, you know, whether it's a, a current tour or uh, a new song, even though it's been a while since we've had new songs, but uh, you know, whatever the latest project is. So it kind of goes in waves depending on what the band's doing. I, but I personally, I like to dive into some of like the lesser spoken about topics or maybe some of the, what some people would say, maybe like the lower points of the career. Like I'm fascinated what people think about like Saint Anger. Like I I know most people are going to like Master Puppets. I know most people are going to like the Black Album. And that's cool. Me too. But what do you think about Saint Anger? What do you think about the Load Reload era where they changed their sound and cut their hair? What do you think about, you know, the Napster controversy? What do you, what do you think about, you know, the, I did a whole episode on, uh, MTV icon Metallica, which was like, you know, performances by Avril Lavigne yeah. and Stoop Dogg. And, you know, uh, we, I did, yeah, <laughs> I did a whole episode. It was, I was like, I, I, buddy of mine's music journalist. I was like, all right, let's record like a short mini episode on, um, they did this horrific song, uh, with Ja Rule adding a rap to it. Okay. And I was like, I was like, let's see if we can talk five minutes about this song. We talked for 45 minutes. It became like a full episode <laughs> about like this song. It, so that's kind of like what I like, even when I have like a, you know, a guest on, like I've had several people who were very close to the band or are still close to the band that helped them get their star in the early days and did X, Y, Z for them and whatever. And so like, I know they like that era of Metallica, but I'm like, what do you think of this era Metallica and how they've changed and how they've evolved? And I think that's when you kind of get, um, you know, more interesting conversation because yeah, we all like master puppets. We, it, it, it's fun to talk about that album. I talk about that album all the time. It's my personal favorite album of all time, but you know, let's get into, you know, why was Napster good or bad or, are you indifferent, but whatever, all those little key parts of it. And if there's a more current events, you know, that's controversial, let's jump into that too. I, it's, I understand that, that thought process completely. Cause it's like, sometimes I'd rather talk about the spaghetti incident and Chinese democracy. Yeah. Right. I love appetite. We all love appetite. Yeah. You know, how many times do we need to talk about Use Your Illusion should have been one album. Let's break down. Let's, let's do a track. It's been done. Yeah. It's been done. All right? Yeah. I, I'll, I'll have that conversation. 
I've had that conversation, but I, I completely understand because yeah, I'm, I too am fascinated. That's kind of since we're around the same age. That those were informative years, you know, Saint yeah. Anger, especially Load Reload. Uh, I think uh, I was in middle school when that happened. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the thing yeah. too is that that's sort of like my Metallica. So like the Load Reload era, I think I probably hold, um, in you know warm regard because. I was in middle school. I was in sixth grade right. when Load came out. Right. That was like the first compact disc I owned on my first CD player, you know? So it's like That's a big I deal. have a history with that album, you know? So I'm going to view that album differently than somebody who came 10 years after. But that's another interesting thing, too, about doing the podcast is I always ask people, like, when did you get into the band? Because, yeah. you know, some of them are like, I heard them at their first club date back in 1981 when you know Dave Mustaine was on lead guitar, and then other people are like, uh, I the, I first heard Hardwired when they released it in 2016, and uh, you know, so it's it, that's the fun thing about you know doing bands like GNR and Metallica is that there's all yeah. these generations of people coming at different points, and that's fascinating to me too. Exactly, I say that all the time. Those who saw Guns N' Roses in small little clubs. You know, before they 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 made it big, and and I've spoken to fans who found them through Chinese democracy, like just yeah. to try to fathom that. While I'm a fan of Chinese, I just to fathom that that was your your starting point, you know. And right. I, and I find it fascinating. I don't put it down. It's just something else that's interesting. And as long as you come in and you're a fan of the band, that I'm also a fan of, welcome aboard. So that's my thought process. Do you see? in uh, I don't know if you're a, part of are there there must be metallica forums online forums right yeah. like what do you yeah. how do you see the fan base because the gnr fan base is interesting i think for the most part we're really smart intelligent respectful fan base there's a certain crowd that's a little cray i mean that could be said about the uh you know society in general but like what do you see about you know the between like on the online uh, you know, I'll just give like a comparison as, as I will keep dealing with GNR. There could be those of, oh, they'll never acknowledge the Chinese democracy era. That was Axel and friends and those that love them. And then you can see some sort of online fight unfold. Anything like oh, yeah. that in a Metallica world? Exactly like that in the yeah. Metallica world. So like, you know, you have people like me who are open to it all. Yeah. Like it all, appreciate it all, respect it all. You know, I I can take, injustice for all. Injustice for you all. You had to exactly. do it. Okay. Yes, I, I you know I can. I want to talk about all of it. I appreciate all of it. I like all of it. Yes, I like Saint Anger. Do I like it the same way I like Master Puppets? No, but I like and appreciate it. And I think you know, being the nerd I am and diving into that album in different ways and talking to you know so and so about it and this person about it and whatever you doing the podcast and doing my own research too. I, I, I get new appreciation for things about the career too. Right. So I'm somebody, and I met a lot of other people who like it all. Then you have people who are the old school, the old school metalheads who are still, you know, saying, you know, it was all downhill when Jason Newsted joined the band in 1987. It was, you know, the black album was uh, a sellout move and, uh, you know, they cut their hair and is the worst shit I've ever heard. And it, it, it so it's like, but you see it at, it's funny because you see it at like six different stages in their career, like people who hate this stage or that stage, you know, and, uh, and then you have other people who are, you know, even if they prefer one era or the other, it's not going to be combative about it. They're just like, yeah, load, reload, not for me, but it's cool that you like it or whatever. But, you know, you get those people that's like, load sucks. You're not a real fan. <laughs> you know, there is, I think that percentage is small, but sometimes it's the small percentage that on forums and on Twitter are the loudest or try to be the loudest. Yeah, I completely understand that. Oh, it's, it's amazing. And it's, I think, and as we get older, I always enjoy comments like, hey, I didn't like Load. I didn't like St. Anger. I didn't like Chinese democracy, but I've grown to like it. You know, if there's a good back and forth, there could be a back and forth that, you know, yeah. works out. You don't have to shun people. Uh, something else I'm, you know, really curious about, 
because Metallica has been good with this, with putting out new releases and new music. Uh, Guns N' Roses is not. <laughs> uh, I think <laughs> la- last year was just like, I mean, of course, Guns N' Roses releases new music when there's a pandemic. Like, what are the odds of both of those two things happening? <laughs> they happen. Right. Like, w- this is the times we're living in. But so we've, as uh, as Guns N' Roses fans, have dealt with leaks and. You know, on the simplest uh, Guns N' Roses official post, you know, just happy birthday so-and-so. Where's new music? You know, what is it like with, with Metallica? Is it like, where's the next one or make the next one sound like this? Is there something, is there like a fan demand? I think that's really out there. Um, I hate to phrase is, it like that, but yeah. There, there is, not on the same level uh, probably as like the hardcore GNR fan base because you guys have gone without for so long, you know, like I'm a GNR fan and, you know, I, I remember buying Chinese democracy the first day it came out at my local Best Buy because it was a Best Buy exclusive here in America. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I like that album. I, I, it's not my favorite GNR album. If, and I know there's people listening to like, there's not even a GNR album, right? right? It's right. But, um, you know, I, uh, I, I that's neither here nor there. I appreciate it, but it's uh, uh, you know, it's it's that took what ten years to come out? More so, more so. So yeah, the the demand is now. That was like ten years ago already. Like that was. I'm trying to think of when that came out. Two thousand and eight is when it came out. Two thousand eight. So it's been now we're you know ten more years plus and. where we just got a kind of a couple little singles this year, right? And, but so Metallica has released stuff with more frequency. So it's not that same level like we're starved for something new. They're also very good at, you know, between albums, they're very busy, whether it's touring or, you know, releasing a movie or coming out with like a documentary or doing an acoustic show for charity or doing this or that. Like I feel like there's always something going on um, that we can either watch listen or at least talk about right there's always something going on with metallica and it's like i always have a jealousy at times i mean i'm a metallica yeah. fan too i don't I, I know you can't see it i'll show it on zoom i have uh excellent yes a, a shirt of cliff is on there you know it's a young oh, yeah. uh it's a young kurt i mean it's you know young uh james young lars and that you, yes. you want to guess where i got this uh baseball tee black and white you want to guess where i got it where hot topic <laughs> awesome <laughs> i got that i was probably in college and uh i eventually i saw metallica once it was when the it was a summer sanitarium tour and i did I, oh, yeah and i had a i have a t-shirt of that somewhere but yeah at the time i'm like i gotta get a metallica shirt that one's cool i'm sorry hot topic <laughs> has some cool stuff you know they, they did i listen, haven't been in there for in a long time listen honestly. when i was in high school i went to hot topic all the time i got my band shirts it was either that or it was either there or newberry comics which i'm not sure how many people listening know newberry comics but mm. they got like their start in on newberry street in boston and there was like a chain of places in the in new england at least i'm not sure how much more out new but that was like my go-to in high school like every week i was stopping at newberry comics for like the latest stuff and you know yeah as a Long Islander New Yorker, it was uh, Spencer Gifts, but Newberry Comics I was finally introduced to when I moved to Cape Cod, you know, Massachusetts oh, yeah. uh, for my first radio gig. And I'm like, this place is awesome. You know, yeah. I, I, I really do uh, enjoy that. You know, uh, that's why I always I enjoy Slash as part of that personality with the comic books and, you know, things of that nature. Yeah. But anyway, as I as I digress again, um <laughs> What's been the most fun topic, I guess, to talk about in the the Metallica world? Are there a few that have just been, other than, you know, favorite song, favorite? I'm not, I'm not talking like that. I'm just, right. is there a time period maybe that's looked back? Because what's, well, I'll say this, because what's interesting, as we were planning this episode, and I just tweeted, you're tagged on it, you know, people every year would talk about the 1992 co-tour, you know, co-headlining yeah. tour, and still so many responses I'm just like, yeah. who was there? Who had the better show, Metallica or Guns N' Roses? And I'm still yeah. right now getting responses. And it's yeah. that, that was a great time. So I'm just curious, a time period in the band where people are like, yeah, that was that was Metallica. 
I think there is a few different ones for me personally. Anyways, I think, you know, uh, I've had the privilege of talking to a lot of people that are their inner circle in the early days. Um, you know, I had the privilege of talking to John Zazula who recently passed away. Actually, he was the man who signed them to their first record deal and self-financed kill them all uh, when it came out in 1983. So like, that's, that's fascinating to me to, the people who helped them get from point A to point B at that stage in their career. I spoke to, uh, you know, Brian Slagle, who discovered Metal Blade Records and got them on, you know, the first Devil Metal Massacre album where they, it was the first recording ever of Metallica. And so like, that's, that's an interesting time to me when they're literally a garage band trying to get from point A to point B in their career. Um, another interesting time for me, it's like I mentioned is basically the part I grew up with, like in middle school and high school, like the, the load through St. Anger air, which is so controversial for so many people. Um, but I love talking about that air partly because it's controversial, partly, partly because it's not the obvious stuff to talk about, partly because it's kind of my childhood part of the band. Um, and I've just met so many people, um, who, you know, uh, one of my favorite guests is uh, a music journalist who wrote, uh, I think it's like a 7,500 word essay on why like St. Anger is their final masterpiece. So like when I see an article like that, I'm like that guy's coming on the podcast, you know, I like um, it. we had, uh, it, it, and sometimes you just don't expect things to be something. And then they turn into something really fun. Like the yeah. Joe rule episode. I told you, like, I'm, uh, you know, planning this being like a five minute thing. Cause why are we going to talk about Ja Rule on Metallica podcast? 45 minutes later, we had a really fun episode. I mean, it's us shitting on the song, but it was fun to record. <laughs> or, uh, you know, we did um, uh, a thing on Lulu, the Lou Reed album that they came out with, which is another very controversial thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I did like a, it was like a two hour breakdown of like the whole album. But during all this, uh, in preparation, I reached out to like Lou Reed forums and Lou Reed fans. It's like, what do Lou Reed fans think about this? album? I know what Metallica fans think. Mm. What do Lou Reed fans think? And it was fascinating because a lot of them have like the same opinion as Metallica fans. Like some of them love it. Some of them hate them because it's like too heavy or this. It's just they like they dislike it or like it for like different reasons. Mm. A lot of the times, you know, I was, that's and then, smart. But, yeah. But then like doing that research, it turned into, you know, somebody put me in contact with uh Lou Reed's guitar tech. He was his guitar tech for the final 10 years of his life. He was there at Metallic HQ for the entire writing and recording of Lulu. So I had him on for like this fascinating conversation, but like that's not something I expected to be cool and it ended up being like basically a two-part like four hour thing total about Lulu, you know? So it's like sometimes things just go in a wacky direction and and it, that ends up being a lot of fun. So I, I think there's a few different things for me. I would say if I had to pick, you know, narrow it down to two, talking about, um, you know, the early days when they were struggling and then like kind of my childhood phase of it, which is also fascinating too, because it's like, you know, another thing I find fascinating about like the load reload era is they just came off releasing one of the biggest albums of all time. How do you follow that up? And then trying to maintain being, arguably the biggest band in the world right so it's like that that that's why the, also that's kind of a fascinating era for me same thing with use your illusions like how do you follow uh, that up i mean yeah there were lies but i mean they had a real follow-up with the illusions they come out with that i mean yeah you look at load and reload that's in a way its own double album you know is is, yeah. is that metallica's answer you know to uh use your illusion one and two but i'm i'm, I'm curious if um, with this comparison, what gets more flack in the Metallica uh, community, Lulu or Saint Anger? Lulu. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, people. You know, it, there are people who dislike Saint Anger, but can, you know, listen to it. <laughs> I find a lot of people find Lulu unlistenable. Um, I, that's what a lot of people have expressed to me, mainly because of like for Metallica fans is it's it's funny because I discovered for Metallica fans if they find Lulu unlistenable it's because of Lou Reed for Lou Reed fans 
who find Lulu unlistable is because of Metallica. So. <laughs> it, it was uh, an odd pairing, and I felt that way. It just didn't – it made me uncomfortable to listen to. I'm like, these two sounds do not belong together. It's like yeah. the, the Sesame Street, which one of these does not belong? And I'm like – <laughs> it maybe this worked on paper, but it didn't work on. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, but with yeah. St. Anger, yeah, there are things about it that I can find and and enjoy. And it's yeah, is it my favorite? No, but I, I can, I do like it. Uh, another thing that's big with Guns N' Roses fans that I'm, it's slightly different. It's not apples to apples. Certainly with uh, with lineup changes, of course, with mm-hmm. uh, yeah. certain members being deceased. A certain members. I don't want to say that. Like you know, Cliff. He doesn't have a name. Cliff. Uh, so, but how does? I guess is there any sort of, you know, Dave should never have been kicked out or Jason come back. I don't like Rob. Is there anything? Is there any sort of uh, lineup controversy? Controversies? Controversies? I can say that um, in the Metallica <laughs> community. I think really the only time it's a controversy is for those old school metalheads who cling to the first three albums and nothing else. Like I think for those, a lot of early fans, the death of Cliff Burden was the death of that band. Um, Right. You know, but for people who got past that and into Injustice for All, into the Black Album era, it's not really a thing. You know, like I I know uh, I've talked to so many people who, love Jason Newsett as a bass player, as a person uh, who love the albums he appears on and celebrate him. But they also love Robert Trujillo and they have no problem with him being on stage with the band. And, you know, uh, it's fine though, because perhaps the biggest like lineup controversy, right. Is uh, Dave Mustaine who did not even appear on like a Metallica studio recording just because of all like the, you know what the a little bit from the bands but a lot of from the media you know throughout the 80s and 90s of megadeth metallica megadeth first metallica right kind of hyping up the whole uh feud i'll put that in quotation marks um but and, and not that mustaine has always helped himself in that regard either you know making comments in the press and kind of fueling the fire a little bit so i i think that's a very controversial uh point of conversation too you know but um which is funny because he never even appeared on a studio album by Metallica. I know. (laughs) Is there any of that? The thought just uh, occurred to me of, you know, is there a Megadeth community that just says Megadeth is better than Metallica? Is there anything like, like that that happens? Oh, there, there are those people. Yeah. I mean, I, the difference is in, and I like Megadeth and, uh, and, you know, I, I appreciate them, but uh, for the most part, I think like, you're a fan of both bands. Sure. But there are yeah. people who are like, maybe that's way better than Metallica because they never, you know, they, they would never record an album with the symphony. They would never record, you know, an album with Lou Reed or whatever the argument is, you know, a, a lot of times, like and people still pull out, you know, St. Anger sometimes as an example, like I'm like, I don't know if you're still, like if 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 your point of like hate towards a band is an album that came out like you know 10 20 years ago and you're still holding on to that one thing i i can't help you <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> since I, I um you know there's that you know as you use the air quotes i guess before there's no real controversy with megadeth uh, metallica unless it's you know manufactured by the press or something like that or dave says something i mean it's it's whatever usually you're a fan of both bands that's what i am but with yeah. With Guns N' Roses and Metallica, it's kind of, I don't know if that's the case. You know, given We both admit this. Given our, our age, you know, I don't want to round mm-hmm. you up. You're 37. I'm 38. You know, I don't want to push you closer to 40 than I am. Uh, <laughs> we weren't, I mean, we were alive in 1992. Uh, but I don't know about you. I was seeing, I, mean, I was listening to the Muppet Babies on cassette or... You know, seeing the Ninja Turtles on Radio City Music Hall when they had a... That was my first concert, technically. Uh, 
Yeah, we're coming out of our shells tour, 1990. Um, wait, are you kidding me? Because I, I shit you not, that was my first concert, the coming out of my shells tour. Look at, <laughs> wow, look at this. Brandon, with both bald, Ninja Turtles concert. We got everything. We, we are, you know, it, all right. So I remember my uh, parents were going to bring me and my brothers to the water slides. Okay. And I was like very sick. So like my dad brought by two older brothers and I like stayed at home, like, you know, in the fetal position, the sofa. So to make up for it, he got me tickets to the coming out of their shells tour. And that was my first concert. Love it. Where did you, <laughs> where did you see them? Did you see them radio city also? No, I saw them at, uh, I'm not sure what it's called now, but at the time it was called great woods in uh, Massachusetts. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that was my, our, our first concert experience. I guess to remember, <laughs> They were selling like toy nunchucks on the outside. It was just like, <laughs> you know, plastic, shitty plastic wrapped with shitty foam, you know, and I'm yeah. swinging around and immediately I, ma- I smack one of my brothers in the face with it and I get grounded. So <laughs> and that's, that's, that's how therapy started for me. So, uh, <laughs> but going back to the, you know, the comparison at a hand, you know, in 1992, we weren't aware of that mega tour that is still being talked about 30 years later that people are remembering and i'm getting all these you know if you want to go to the afd podcast on twitter and look for that thread some great stories and it's a lot of yeah metallica killed it axel was you know late but axel even though he was late they were awesome a lot of the theme of you know we by the time guns roses came on we were tired you know, we they, we had no energy. Then mm-hmm. Axel would, would get upset that the the crowd had no energy. I got home at five thirty, but I still loved it. Mm-hmm. A lot of those kind of stories. Yeah. So I guess uh, is that your perception, or, or uh, what is the what is the Metallica in addition to yours perception of of Guns N' Roses? Is it? I, I feel like people might have because of the Montreal incident. Just like dismiss them. Hey, Axel Rose is an asshole. Fuck this band, kind of situation. Do you get? Yeah. Do you get that a lot? Um, get- yeah, okay. yeah. You know, I, I think there. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of people who are fans of both bands, but would also say, especially on the Metallica side of things, like, yeah, like you know. Axel Rose is a prima donna, a diva, whatever the phrase is, you know. Um, I will say, I mean, for me personally, I grew up loving both bands. Metallica's my favorite, but GNR, uh, when I was a kid, especially, was up there. And I I listened to all their albums on repeat, like during my formative years. Um so, you know, I, I always was able to kind of separate um, the music from the stories you hear, which also, like you said, because of our age, I was experiencing their music later. So maybe that helped me too. You know, it's not like I went to uh, maybe my view of Axel and Guns N' Roses would be different if I went to uh, Montreal and got stuck in a sure. riot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I imagine my would be too if I experienced something like that. Imagine what my view would have been if. Instead of my first Guns N' Roses show being uh, an MSG in 2002, what if it would have been in Philly, the one that had a riot? So yeah. if I went a day yeah. later, would I have been a? Do- so you're absolutely and, right. You're God. and I and I and I saw them on that tour too. Okay, um, the 2002 tour. I saw them in. I th- I forget if it was Boston or Worcester, but I saw the Massachusetts show of that tour and. Uh, Oh, did you freeze? I think he froze. And we're back. Sorry about that. That's all right. But my wife, I just completely dropped out, I guess. So that's okay. I was as long as you didn't go up in a pyro, you know, in true Metallica, Guns N' Roses fashion, we're good. Too soon, too soon. <laughs> I, I actually on a, a episode of Metallica, I had a, a collector on big Metallica collector, one of like really well-known in among Metallica collectors. He's like one of the top guys in that world. And he actually has the glove that James Hetfield wore on his hand after the 
pyro accident on the GNR tour. Wow. Yeah, the, some of these, I guess that kind of answers a future question. Uh, I mean, you see it all over what what people want to own from celebrities or people they idolize. You know, stuff from Axel, you, you see pictures and handwritten letters. And, you know, I thought that was kind of crazy. But, yeah, I guess oh, I, I would love to know the story of that, how that, you know, got into his, his hands, so to speak. Yeah, I I forget what it was offhand. He told it on the podcast, but it was so many well, episodes ago that the exact. But you can go check it out. There so. you go. See, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm helping you out. I'm helping you out. Uh, who else have you gotten? Have you spoken to Michael Iago yet? Of uh, yeah, good. Okay. Yeah, but I, I had him on. Um, so once in a while, I contribute to uh, a website, MetalTalk.net. They're based in the UK. So. Uh, I was able to, it, it was a, you know, a video interview for their thing that worked out perfectly also for the podcast. So you can find it both places. Um, so yeah, that was a real treat. He was super nice guy. Um, like, you know, we're done recording and he's still willingly talking to me. I'm like, don't you need to go? He was just super nice guy. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I've talked to him and John Zazula, who I mentioned before, who, you know, signed them to their first deal. And uh, I've been able to talk to just a lot of cool people. Uh, John Bush from Anthrax and Armored Sane, who toured with them in the early days and uh, has performed with them uh, on occasion. And they were actually, you know, if you're a Metallica nerd like myself, you probably know this, but if you're not, you might not. But after Kill 'em All came out, they actually approached John Bush to be the singer of Metallica because James Hetfield did not want to do both roles of guitar and vocal. So he had like a, you know, cool moment in their history. So that was really cool. Talk to him. And I've been very lucky to have a lot of great guests on. I have a lot of other fans on the show as well. You know, they all kind of tell their own story of uh, getting into the band and all that good stuff. So awesome. It sounds like like a lot what I do. And I think it's fantastic because your story, what you said earlier about your wife, like, you know, you had to start this podcast to not get divorced. <laughs> I hear that a lot when I have fans on, you know, just like this is an outlet. My friends think I'm crazy. You know, I guess. And I started it because I'm a fan. So I think that's, that's awesome that there you are an outlet and you're clearly a, a fan of of the band. Do you ever get any pushback? Any I. I I've always say I didn't start a, a Guns N' Roses themed podcast to, to ever talk in, to anybody in Guns N' Roses. I didn't expect anything. Every everything yeah. that's happened has just been amazing. But with Metallica, obviously it's you know it's very hard to interview those guys. You got to be like Eddie Trunk or Howard Stern or something. But yeah, you know, ever ever try reaching out or in any headway or ever touch base with anyone in their camp. I've tried um, unsuccessfully, but, you know, they're, uh, I, I've talked to a lot of people who have been in their world um, and, you know, they are what I've come to understand from various people I've spoken to is, and this is probably pretty obvious too, if you're a fan of the band, but they are very protective of their brand. So they are, you know, very, uh, uh, they're very and they got their hands on every piece of everything that's happening in their in their world so they you know are very selective with who uh they do you know interviews for and this and that and you know um like you said if if the choice is i'm a realist if the choice is howard stern (laughs) jimmy kimmel jimmy fallon or me i'm losing that battle you know so it's like they and that's kind of i i feel like in recent years they do a lot less interviews and they do a lot more higher profile interviews and you know if they're doing uh and, and when they do a podcast circuit they're they're doing the the top yeah. of uh you know the podcast world and uh you know and eddie trunk like that could he he's he's I'm sure he has, you know, Lars Ulrich's personal number, so he can finagle an interview still with them, you know, but I do not. But I, but I have been told that, uh, you know, 
they're probably aware of Metallicast and the other Metallica podcasts out there because they're very aware of everything that's going on. And, and they actually had their own podcast to right. for the 30th anniversary of the blackout. And it, it worked out perfectly for me. Oh. Uh, this is just funny because it was called the Metallica podcast. And I call myself Metallicast, the Metallica podcast. <sighs> Got a lot of good traffic that month. I'm just gonna <laughs> say. <laughs> nice, nice. Oh, I love that. But uh, and you mentioned, but yeah, uh, I, I think that that is great. I, I think that's when we started following each other. And yeah, it's um, you know, what they did is different than what you do. It's yeah, you know, it's 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 good. I mean, the amount of podcasts, the amount of media that's out there. I mean, it's endless consumption. So more the merrier. But uh. Was, what about what what about for yourself in the in the GNR camp? Because I feel like there's been so many people who have are now out of the camp who was in the camp. So I'm sure like, you know, those people are easier to get than not always. Not always. Oh, that lose you again. Oh, is there another pyro? Did it go off too soon? Oh no, he's back. Oh, oh, I'm oh, back. He's All right. back. All right, no pyro. No pyro. That's good. No I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep using that that joke as a, as, as kind of like a bridge to everything. Um, it it just depends. It's it's really fascinating. I spoke to somebody today uh, about it in length for um, some online magazine thing, and uh, you know there are people where it it has no direct effect with you know contact with Guns N' Roses, and I used this example before, like Tommy Stinson. You know, I, I'm sure he's friendly with Axel. It's not like they, you know, uh, play Wordle together or something like that. I was trying to think of something topical to use, and that's what I came up with. But I remember when I first went to uh, my initial, like, one of my initial emails, the, uh, to before they sent that over to him, they wanted me to rearrange how I, like, I, when I listed things I want to talk to you about. Like, can I talk to you about... You know, GNR, can I talk to you about new music? Can I talk to you about this? And she's like, can you just put GNR last? He's like, he'll, he'll talk about it, but uh, you just want to make sure that this is the focus, is new stuff, which I already know. But a lot, and yeah. we went on to speak that a lot of people, a lot of interviewers don't care or they just ignore it. They see somebody famous on and they just want to talk to them about that famous thing that they did, and yeah. which is fine. But you have to know how to kind of navigate that and, you know, do if they're there to promote something to do right by them. That's just the nature of the business. Right. Of course. But with uh, even having interviewed people in the band and I'm lucky, I guess that's one of the differences between GNR Metallica. I have more members to pick from, you know, or (laughs) they try to track down. Um, I I mean, I've gone on about it. I know I I just don't want to. If I ever get an interview with Slash or Duff, I don't want it to be like I begged or cried my way into it. But people are just protective. It's just very hard. You know, I, I heard after yeah. just interviewing Frank and Richard uh, that you know, management maybe put out there to the the non, I hate to say it, but the non-famous members of GNR, you know, the not mm-hmm. big three. The big three is what they put on all the posters and the T-shirts. Right. To not do interviews unless approved by management and that I was named. A couple of uh, sor- people, I hate not only use sources, one by that cool. A couple of people told me that, that I I trust. And I just since then, I've been trying to, like, maybe this is a miscommunication thing. I'm not here to, you know, if you don't want to talk about new music, we don't have to talk about new music, whatever you want. So it's just been, uh, for me, and that's why one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, therein lies a struggle and a source of a little frustration there, where if if my ability... Uh, what I've been able to able to create this podcast with and the support uh, has gotten me in position to be able to interview some people. And just because it's either, you know, a Guns N' Roses themed podcast to get turned down, because that's what I've had. If you had another podcast, if you had another show, I would do that. I can't do this right. one. So that's therein lies kind of the frustration where I'm like, this isn't yeah. appetite for distortion isn't a trap. You know, I understand, as you said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of Metallica podcasts out there, but there's a lot of podcasts out there. There's a lot of rock podcasts oh, yeah. out there and metal. Yeah. So, yeah, do I want to be Brando the rock guy? No, I don't. That's just not me. I think it's fun. As I'm sure you do, you're not gonna, you, you go off on tangents or you know about certain things in your, in your life. You talk about Ja Rule, all these different things that relate to mm-hmm. 
that nucleus of Metallica. That's what I try to sure, do, yeah. I do, I do with GNR. And so in there lies the frustration. And it's nice to see that yeah. other than what's expected, I mean, you got, they're going to have a, you know, a fortress of solitude around them, especially at this point, you yeah. know, it's difficult uh, Metallica that is, but with GNR, when some of them have other things to promote, you know, and they wanted to promote on this show and they're being told no for that's again, that's, you know, a miscommunication that kind of frust- you know, frustrates me. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, uh, anybody who does like a band specific podcast is probably going to experience that. Right. Like there's people, you know, I would love to talk to, but then I have to say, all right, is this, how relevant is this to Metallica? Um, and then is there, um, you know, and then there's other people who is, it's very obvious. And then there's other people who, like you were saying, are just not interested in me because it is like a Metallica branded podcast. Might be a little, they may think it's like a little too niche for them, but right. like really what you, what you said is what I also do on my show. Whereas it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a celebration of Metallica, but also just metal and rock in general. And, you know, we have, uh, it, you know, I, I always joke that, you know, I, I, I do a, I do a, I, I, I'll pat myself back, I do a decent Dave Mustaine impression. And every time I do the impression on the podcast, you know, we go off and talk about Megadeth for 20 minutes. I'm like, I don't know. And I always joke, I don't know why I just don't rebrand this as a Megadeth podcast because we just talked for 20 minutes about them. But I always tell people, you know, the, the rabbit holes are the things that are fun. Yeah. Right. About doing a podcast. It's like, all right, we just talked about, you know, this album for 10 minutes now let's bring it back to metallica or whatever but you know and then also i want to celebrate other parts of their career and sometimes that relates to other artists so like i did a you know an episode about the misfits back in the day because they're part of their history i did an episode about you know ozzy osbourne because they're part of their history so it it's sort of Metallica is the nucleus, as I think you you worded it, mm-hmm. and then you see how far you can branch out because, you know, if if you did every episode on Master of Puppets, it's going to get old really fast. Yep, I I completely I've said that. That's something I've said since episode one, and why I thought doing this was stupid. I'm like, we're going to talk about appetite all the time, right. you yeah. know. But I, I branch out that, that six degrees of GNR bacon phrase that I use, and it's fun. To see, yeah. Just I found out, and I'll give credit to uh, to Jeff from um, he was on GNR Central, but he's you know I think he's still Jeff GNR Central on Twitter, and you know kick myself in the head. I, I'm a Simpsons fan. I, I could have done a Simpsons podcast. I you know yeah I'm, I don't, I'm not every Sunday watching the new episodes. You know I there was a time where I would do that, but I was I was home. I was like you know what? I'm going to watch the Simpsons, but I decided to watch some horror movie instead. There's an Axl Rose reference for the first time ever. <laughs> they, they play it as my cat just pressed. Thank you. If I was muted for a second, it's because my cat wants to be fed again. And don't worry, GB, we'll wrap this up. Jesus. <laughs> so it's I put the clip on my, my, my Twitter, and it's just uh, they named you know Bart and his friends Jimbo and whatever. I'm not going to nerd out too much about the Simpsons, but uh, you know they they had a goat and like oh we should name him Axel. And, he's, and and Jimbo was like, "No, that's saved for the, the, the heavy metal god." They said like heavy metal god, <laughs> Axel Rose. And he's like, "Oh well, th- you know this this Axel eats metal because he's a goat or whatever." Yeah, it's right. it's interesting because like that I remember being a Simpsons fan. One time they referred to Judas Priest as death metal, which they are not, and I think they had an, an issue some sort of you know silly apology for that. But Axel's not a heavy metal god, so uh, maybe that. I see branching out. I've had the Scooby guys, on, uh, Scooby guy on. I've had the Looney Tunes guy on. Now I got to look for uh, Simpsons guys to see who wrote that that line in there on the episode. Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny too because, like, you know, some things are like, I, uh, I, if, if I don't know if you saw the viral story about like this is just an example of like the the, the episodes you never expect to record, you know, but it's like. It's a fun story, so you pull it in. So it's like uh, if anybody saw the viral story about the Lars Ulrich toilet. Thank you for bringing that up. (laughs) 
the guy who sculpted it, who was like a guest a couple episodes ago, because I was like, I, I tracked him down. I'm like, I figured out who it was. I was like, why? <laughs> I remember you saying that. Like, I, I, I thank you. I completely forgot about that, and that's what was like. I like this guy, Brandon, because that's something that I would think of to do. And I'm like, that's awesome. And I remember when that went viral. That weird looking Lars toilet. What is this? And to interview the guy that made it, I think is absolutely brilliant. Uh, that should be the first. That should be the first episode for anybody to listen to a Metallic cast if they want to get into it. I think that's my record. Yeah, Prince. Prince Midnight. That's the artist. It, it's like two episodes ago. Um, so check it out. Cool. And uh, I'll just ask you because it's about, we just mentioned Lars. Overall, fan base. Do they like Lars? Because I feel like he's a punchline a lot. Does the fan base like Lars overall? Uh, overall, yeah. Uh, it, it's the people outside, I think, like the diehard fan base that give them all the crap. Um you know he he is a punching bag, and uh, you know I I always I always say this: Metallica would not exist without Lars Ulrich. No way. And is he technically the greatest drummer ever lived? No, but he is instantly recognizable on the drums, and his drumming makes like the sound of that band it's him and james's guitar and james's voice it, it's the two of them they're the they're the uh, the the center of it all you know so it's like the slash and axle almost yes it's like you know is uh is dave lombardo uh technically a better drummer than lara zarek i think so is was vinnie paul technically better i think so but if you take any of those metal drummers and you put them in metallica it's not going to sound like Metallica. So, it, it, and it's funny too because um, you know I've I've met the all the current members like just at like fan meeting greet things. Um, other than James Hatfield, who's like the elusive, secretive metal god, I'll use that phrase again, right? Uh, but uh, Kirk, really nice guy. Rob was really nice guy, but Lars overly nice like mm. the moment he talks to you you're like i feel like i've known him for 20 years like he's just has that personality where you know and he's like you know asking me questions about myself i'm like he, he at least pretends like he's cares and wants to know you know it, it, he's very nice guy and so many people i've spoken to through the podcast who um you know talk of who know the band members personally say the same thing like he is like the nicest one in the band <laughs> i love to hear that and it's you know what it's like i hear about axel rose all the stuff about him in the press like there is about lars and being a punching bag every every guest i have he's the nicest guy he's the funniest yeah. guy he's loyal he cares so i i enjoy hearing that so um yeah man i i we can keep doing this i i love metallica too just like with you know, i'm sure like you know, Metallica's one, Guns N' Roses is, I don't know if they're two, but top five. It's like, that's how it is for the reverse for me. Guns N' Roses one, Metallica. Sometimes they are yeah. two for me, depending upon the movie. Yeah. But usually, you know, top five. And uh, man, I wish we could have gone in 1992. But we saw the Ninja Turtles, so. we we And really, anybody listening to this podcast is going to agree the Ninja <laughs> Turtles was the better ticket. That was the better, <laughs> you know, the better show to go to. So They were on time. No riots, <laughs> no pizza power. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I still remember a couple of the songs. Uh, oh, That's really the only one I think. Pizza power. We're coming out of our shells. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. All right. Well, this. I, I, I remember telling my yeah. dad. I remember telling my dad. I said, "Wait till Shredder comes." My dad's like, "Shredder's not going to be here." And then Shredder came. And I said, "See, I told you, <laughs> Shredder's here. He's here. He's not messing around." So, oh my god. <laughs> I could do a Ninja Turtles podcast too, but I'm sure we'll do this again, man. Uh, this was yeah, a, a lot absolutely. of fun. Absolutely. Uh, so people can just find you, Metallicast, everywhere, you know, all the usual places. Yep. 
Yeah, you can find me on social at Metallicast Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I use Twitter the most. I find it the easiest way to interact with people over Facebook and Instagram, but it's I'm on there as well. And uh, in terms of finding the podcast, anywhere you find yours, Apple, Spotify, Google, to all those places. So, you know, it, I, I would love if you checked it out. If you like what you hear download I, i'll eat the the usual podcast uh spiel host spiel yeah i got download it. subscribe leave a positive five star review you know i know i, I need um, to say that more i don't say that more leave leave reviews on you can leave reviews on facebook you can do it on apple podcasts uh all of that and uh it's it's fun man you know as i just again today check out that thread that you know the Brandons are on about Metallica and Guns N' Roses, and go through it. Go to the AFD podcast and check out people's Twitter stories about that show, Metallica and Guns N' Roses. Oh, yeah. and, and it was really cool to get some insight and to see that you're you're facing some of the challenges, you know, and you see some of the same, <laughs> you know, tr- trip falls. Or, but you're also having a yeah. great time, just like I'm having a great time. And that, at the end of the day, we're talking about bands that we love, and people want to hear it. So this is this is great overall. So that does Agreed. it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. When will you see the next one? Well, in the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it, I don't know, as soon as the word. No! No! Yeah! Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home. <laughs>